Hello, listeners of the Banging Horrors podcast. I have a few things to discuss at the top, and I will let y'all get to the show. You will hear some sound differences in this episode. I got Tim a new microphone, and while the microphone works great, it is not compatible with his iPad. And so when he uses it with his phone, anytime he gets a call or a text, it'll interrupt the recording. You will hear a little bit of that. Uh, Please bear with us while we get it fixed. Also, in past episodes, Tim has said to the void, if anyone has an answer to this question or if you have any concerns or thoughts or anything like that, to let him know and then didn't let you know how to get in touch with him. He has created an email and that is banghorspod at gmail.com. That's B-A-N-G-H-O-R-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. So if you do have any questions, or I'm sorry, any answers to his questions, or just any tidbit in general, that is the best way to get a hold of him. He also created a TikTok that is the Banging Horse Podcast. And I have no idea how long um, he has that until he, you know, has to get a new account. But follow it for now. And here's the show. Today... We are headed to the past for a game released in 2005 that takes place in 2025. So I guess we're headed back to the future. Welcome in everybody to what I believe is the sixth episode of the Bane Horrors podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking about fear. And I don't mean like fear of clowns or chlamydia or Disney adults. I'm talking about F period, E period, A period, R, no period. That's it. The game, fear. And if we're going to be talking about fear, let's go ahead and start with the developer. Uh, Monolith Productions. Now, Monolith Productions is based in Kirkland, Washington, and they are a sub... What the fuck's that plan? I apologize for the technical difficulties here in the Bane Horrors Mobile Studio, which is also my truck. Anyway, we're talking about Monolith Productions. Monolith Productions, based in Kirkland, Washington, a subsidiary of Warner Brothers and um, Interactive Entertainment since 2004. I feel like that's not a full sentence there off the wiki here. Let's look at games that Monolith Productions has brought us that are notable or noteworthy. And going down the list here, um, I haven't played any of these, never heard of most of them. Uh, Condemned Criminal Origins, there's one that I plan on doing a review of in the future. Uh, Fear 2, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, and Middle Earth Shadow of War. It looks like they haven't put out anything since 2017, though. So no clue what they've been up to. That's just what the wiki says. Let's move the fuck on. Fear was released in October 2005 on Windows. Now, it was later ported to Xbox in October of 2006 and PlayStation 3 in April of 2007. Back in the day, I remember going to GameStop and buying the Xbox 360 Elite with like one of the big checks I had back when I was known as Top 10 Tim at a T-Mobile dealer when I was slinging cell phones. I made a bunch of money in commission. I said, hey, I want that black Xbox 360. That's pretty cool. It was the elite one. I remember going into the store and asking the guy, like, what's a good horror game? And this had to be 
2007, 2008, maybe. And he told me about fear then. And he said, it's the creepiest game I've ever played. Uh, it's super scary. There's no other game like it. Blah, 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 blah. Fast forward. I didn't take his recommendation. I probably bought Spyro or some shit. Probably Oblivion is what it really was. But I first played Fear a week ago. And to, or started a week ago. I just finished it yesterday. But um, we're not going to talk about the expansions uh, because... I haven't finished those, so we'll go back to those at a later date. We're also not going to talk about Fear 2 today, which there is. We're just going to stick primarily with Fear. No DLC bullshit. The original base game. I always have a hard time remembering if it's acronym or abbreviation, uh, if the if it spells out a word. I think that means it's an, abbrevi- it's an acronym. I think it's an acronym if you can say it. I think if you can't say it's an abbreviation, I may have that backwards. But anyway... Fear stands for First Encounter Assault Recon. And so what Fear is, again, released in 2005, it takes place in 2025. And basically, the premise of it is it's a first-person shooter horror game. The developer said they wanted it to seem like Point Man, our character that we play as, is uh, the, the, the player character or the player should feel like they're in an action movie. So that's kind of the vibe that they're they're setting there for us. You'll get that with the the music and the gunfights and basically just the badassery of the game itself. So what's going on here is there is a group of elite cloned super soldiers that are controlled by a, a psychic in in the game. Our main antagonist, well, maybe not the main one, but the one of the antagonists. At first, our main antagonist. And there's a company called Armacam. Armacam is basically a Lockheed Martin or Raytheon. And as a side note, I started to research Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, knowing the names, not really knowing anything about them, just based off wanting to make sure I was telling you properly what it was. And I may have been too close. This game may be too realistic based on today's events. Now I'm really worried about Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. And I guess Boeing too. I thought they just made planes. I guess they do a bunch of other shit too. They probably have their own uh, army of super soldiers, clones that are designed to just murder shit. I guess we don't really know the premise of them. But anyway, we're Point Man. It's our first week on the job. Uh, No one seems to be too happy with that. We have superior reflexes, and we're sent in to go deal with these super soldier clones. Now, we're not supposed to just kill all of them, right? What's the easiest thing? You got to cut the head off the snake. Paxton Federal is the psychic that's controlling this army of super soldier clones. So we kill him, we kill the army, render them useless. That's our first objective. I'm going to go forward a little bit to go backwards here. Because I have a real problem, and I want to make sure that I don't miss it. We, we start off, and we start having these hallucinations. We start seeing things. and It's basically a little training part of the game. Get used to the game mechanics, all that stuff. But a big issue that I have is that we get knocked out by Paxton Fettel with a board. He's hiding. I think it's behind an AC unit. I can't remember what it was on the roof there. He's hiding. He beats us with a board. Just one time fucking knocks us out. We're supposed to be a super soldier. I would assume that we could take a fucking two by four to the face. This isn't Tommy boy. Okay, we've got that aspect out of the way. I've got that off my chest. I feel better already. Now, let's talk about 
uh, combat in fear. Combat's awesome. Uh, last episode of Blair Witch, I was complaining. If you haven't heard, go fucking listen to it right now. Just pause this one here. Go back, listen to the other one. I was complaining that they didn't have any guns. So then I, I picked up Fear on Steam, played it. Well, we get plenty of fucking guns. We get plenty of ammunition. We get grenades. We get mines. The combat here is pretty awesome. And pretty cool features, too, are a peeking around corner. And you got to remember, this game is from 2005. I feel like this is uh, advanced shit here. So you can peek around corners and one of the things I really like to detail is I thought it would take me out you can reload around uh, corners too now we're not doing a tactical reload or anything cool there just a normal reload maybe they're all just tactical reloads none of them are normal but I do like that you can reload while looking around corners Another cool part of it is the slow motion features. I talk about Max Payne in a lot of episodes. It's a great game. It is a horror game. I don't care what anyone says. But there's also a slow-mo feature here. It's one of our abilities, one of our, uh, you know, we have super reflexes. We all, I guess that super reflex is our slow motion time shit. So we can slow time down around us, and it's pretty awesome. This game really plays like Doom. Like, it's what I thought. Like, when I was playing it, I was like, this is really like Doom, and it takes a little bit to get into the horror aspect. But it's as far as combat goes, it's pretty fucking awesome. Okay, so, you know, we, we get a multitude of guns. My favorite by far was the shotgun. Uh, the shotgun's just so awesome. You can go slow motion and blow people's heads off. Uh, one of the things that I've done some research on, a lot of people talk about, is the AI mechanic in the enemy. It's a very advanced AI, uh, probably more advanced than most games today still. Uh, I think so. They, they call out, the AI reacts to you, how you play the game. So if you play through fear multiple times, the, the gunfights are never gonna be the same because the AI will try to flank you. They'll, they'll take cover they'll uh, they'll make their own cover like they'll throw bookshelves down or they'll throw boxes they'll do anything they can to uh avoid you being able to kill them it's not just a standard we're going to run straight for the player or anything like that uh, some of the maneuvers they do it's very cool they'll fucking slide they they melee uh we can do jump kicks too i forgot to talk about our melee part of it but a very advanced ai is very cool to play I didn't like that there's there's one gun you get that does have a scope, but there's no ADS. We're not aiming down sights here. And I prefer, you know, I'm going to draw my, my gun up and I'm going to shoot. I, I feel like I was hip firing the whole time. And I, I just didn't like that view of it. It was one of, the, one of the problems I had with the game. But the enemy will also call out to each other. They, it really makes it seem like they're working as a team while you're just mowing them down. And they can work as a team all they want. We're still going to fuck them up. They have a very guttural scream when you kill them. I enjoyed killing them a lot. When you shoot them, they'll limp away. And they'll also just one arm fire at you. Uh, we are limited to three firearms at a time. We do have grenades and proximity mines and remote detonation grenades. But for for firearms, we're, we're allowed just three of them. So you get a pretty decent bevy of options here for guns. You'll start out with the pistol. Uh, you'll pick up another one. You go akimbo with it. Um, which is fun. I feel like it's not the most effective. The shotgun, by far the coolest, the most powerful. Get up close, blow their fucking heads off. Uh, then you're going to need a machine gun in there. They have a penetrator gun that 
uh, nails people to walls. It looks like it shoots fucking railway spikes. It's pretty cool. They have a vaporizer gun that just completely melts people's skin off and it's just skeletons there. We've got plenty of options when it comes to firearms. The combat here is amazing. It's top tier. You really at times forget that you're playing a horror game. You also have a an okay selection of enemies. We've got super soldiers we have to kill. We've got regular humans that we have to kill. We have uh, these robo cops that we'll have to kill. These big giant motherfuckers that are terrible. You have heavily, more heavily armored super soldiers. And there was like these weird TIE fighter drones at one point. I don't know if TIE fighter is the right word. It's just what I thought of. I've never actually seen any Star Wars. So that's just me kind of throwing that out there into the universe. In one part where you're going through Armacam's headquarters, you will encounter these assassins, these invisible ninja assassins. And a couple times they they scared the fuck out of me. I really wish those were placed uh, in different spots throughout the game. I feel like they would have been cooler to see again because uh, they're they're fucking the one guy that's hiding in the corner on the ceiling that jumps down at you. It fucking made made my heart race, made my hair stand up on the back of my neck, all that shit terrified me. Later on in the game, we are going to get the opportunity to fight supernatural uh, nightmares. I believe is what they're called in the game. These ghouls that come out of black holes that are pretty easy to kill, but they start moving very fast at the end there. Uh, that was a, a neat, neat part of it. The environment that we're fighting in is also uh, semi-destructive. So we can break out glass. We can put holes in walls. Some boards uh, and doors can be blown up. Uh, we'll, we'll call we'll crawl through uh, air ducts and you can knock out the little fucking whatever the goddamn grills called I don't know what the, the name for it is while we're fighting through here one of the cool things that the developer does is dust is kicked up so you know we can kick the dust up like that stupid fucking country song and after you after you have a fight in a room somewhere, it's going to look completely different. Shit's going to be blown up. There's going to be stuff thrown all around. Computers will be tossed. And this dust will just be floating throughout. Little particulates all through the air. Monolith also rewards uh, exploration and fear by allowing you to find health boosters and reflex boosters throughout the game. And I don't remember if any of these are actually in the open. I think every single one of them you have to go off the path you would normally need to go to find these. You have to crawl through a duck somewhere or jump up on some crates and find it in the shelves. But these are permanent boosters that you get that are gonna make the game a little bit uh, easier, make you a little bit stronger super soldier for the first encounter assault recon team. You will get fucked up in fights and you will find plenty of first aid kits. That's what you use to bring your health back up. You'll find armor also and weapons. Really, there was never a, uh, never a point in the game where I was like, holy shit, I've got zero ammo and zero health. It wasn't like a Resident Evil situation where you have to use this sparingly. You're a, a badass. You're the badass point, man. I mean, you just, you fuck everything up. The game keeps giving you ammo and armor to continue on your journey of just destruction and terror. Fear is also going to utilize 
a, a checkpoint save feature. So you know you're progressing along or even headed the right direction when you find another checkpoint and the game auto saves for you. The level system in Fear is broken down into intervals, is what the game calls it, instead of levels or chapters or some shit like that. You'll have 12 intervals to progress through throughout the game. I feel like at the end there, it does get too long. I think it took me six and a half, seven hours to completely go through the game. I think it could have been a shorter game. I don't know what storytelling side they could have added to can to keep that seven hours or six and a half, seven hours of gameplay. But at the end there, when you're going through the offices, it it's not that it drags on. It's just that it just it doesn't ever fucking end. So I guess it does kind of drag on. At this point, you might be thinking, Tim, you've been talking about combat forever. You haven't said shit about horror. That's kind of how the game goes for a long time. There's there's horror aspects to it where you'll see Alma Wade, who I lovingly refer to as the little bitch in red. And we're going to see her throughout the game. Monolith does a, a great job with jump scares with her. We, we're constantly in contact through our radio transmissions. We know when a supernatural event is going to occur, when we're going to run into Alma, because we'll, we'll get a staticky transmission on our radio that says unknown origins or origin un, unknown, one of those. But that's a good uh, precursor to inform the player that, the little bitch in red is about to show up and scare us. The best scare is the same one I've seen on most people's videos that I've watched of the game. It's the ladder scare. I wasn't expecting it at all because at this point you're just killing everybody and all of a sudden you go down this fucking ladder, it spins you around, the little bitch in red is there and you'll hear her giggle throughout the game too. She's very creepy and in the beginning we don't know who this is. We don't know why we're seeing this person. We think we're just the point man. We're sent out there to kill Paxton Fettle, this cannibal uh, psychic person. And, but there's actually more of the story progresses as we play the game. We learn who Alma Wade is, and that's actually who our main antagonist is. At this point, we're going to dive a little deep into the story. So this is where uh, sort of major spoilers of the story of fear are going to come into play. We'll start with uh, Paxton Fettle, the cannibal psychic. So Paxton eats people because he believes he can capture their thoughts by eating them. So if there's some information he wants to obtain, if he just eats this person, then he can gain their information. Uh, kind of like Highlander is the way I, I kind of thought about it. But there's also Alma Wade, right? And as we progress through the story, we're going to learn that Paxton is actually Alma's daughter. And there's some, some crazy shit that goes on here because she was 15 when she gave birth to her first child. And well, it doesn't, I don't remember, maybe it does. I played the game sporadically for a week. I don't remember it saying how she was impregnated. You know, she's 15. She's obviously a child. It's her father that put her into this situation. Alma's father is Harlan Wade, and Alma's mother died during childbirth. So Harlan uh, discovers very early on that his daughter is a psychic, and he, he wants to exploit her gifts and 
turns her into a science experiment for Armacan. They impregnate Alma, uh, hoping to reproduce uh, psychics, right? Like a psychic can come from a psychic, but her mother died during childbirth. Was her mom a psychic? I don't know. Maybe the story is explained more in Fear 2 and Fear 3. Another kind of problem I had with the game is it does kind of take so long. Some of the parts drag on so long that a lot of the information you get is from voicemails. Some completely random voicemails, some pertain to the story that's going on. And other ones, other information is gained from uh, laptops you'll find throughout the game, which was Alienware laptops, which if you know from any of my other uh, game reviews, you'll know that I love real world products placed in games. It just makes it more realistic. I've had a Alienware laptop before. It wasn't as good as my MSI laptop now, but still back in the back in 2005, I guess Alienware is probably on top. Alienware laptops, you gain information about what's going on and you'll continue to do this throughout the game. We can probably guess what happened with Alma, right? They're going to start this uh, science experiment with her. It all goes fucking bad. Alma can't be controlled. They lock her ass in a vault, uh, take her off life support. Her spirit lives and she continues to fuck shit up. She's dormant for a while. She comes back. The, the story there, it's not really that complex. What she is able to do is uh, merge or insert herself with Paxton Fettel when he's a young age, her second son. And so she's controlling him. And really, it's all kind of foreseeable because in the beginning, you'll see it. Uh, it shows Paxton Fettel and she's you can hear a voice saying, kill them all. So she's using her son Paxton to get revenge on the people that wronged her. And then the big reveal is that the point man, our player character, is Alma's first son. I'm a pretty smart person. You know, some people call me a genius. I am a member of Mensa. And I can honestly say I saw this coming from a mile away. That doesn't diminish the story itself. We do get a lot of clues, these hallucinations that we have uh, throughout playing fear that the context clues, they're not hard to put together. And then in the end, we'll get to see Alma in her her final form, which she's uh, our, our mother and she's she's naked and she looks a lot like the, uh, the girl from The Ring. Uh, just, I guess, older, because I think the girl from The Ring is a child still, and but Alma's aged. I don't know. It's all kind of fucking confusing. But she's older. I think she's an adult at this point. She's butt naked. At, at one point, I will say, and I'll have to go back and check my game clip, see if I can find this. I'll have to use it. It looks like our mom, she's dead. She's a spirit, but it looks like she's got a big old fat ass. And I, I appreciate video games incorporating big old fat asses. At the end of the game, we blow up the reactors that are uh, holding in the vault and we escape all the nightmares and we leave. There's a giant explosion, a big mushroom cloud. The point man, us, we're alive. We get picked up by Delta Force. We're being taken out in the Black Hawk and sort of the little precursor to letting us know there's going to be a fear too. And I don't know if that was announced at the time or they had planned on it, but you know, we think this is it. This is the end of everything. No, Alma, our naked fat ass mom is at the fucking helicopter. She somehow got up there. We're continuing on. There's going to be another fight. 
that pretty much sums up fear itself. At this point, I'm going to talk about just my thoughts on the game. Fear is definitely a FPS at heart with horror elements. The storyline is horror, but everything you have to do to progress the storyline is a first-person shooter. It's amazing, though. It's a fucking great game. From the little bitch in red to our cannibalistic, psychotic, uh, psychic brother to the point we get to see our naked mother with her big, fat, juicy ass. The whole journey is enjoyable. For a 2005 game, the AI is unmatched as far as the combat goes. The The environments, the levels are all very similar. They're still pretty blocky. It's 2005. They differentiate a lot by lighting. That's something that's done very well in the game to kind of break up the monotony. Monotony? Monotonous? Don't know what word I'm trying to pronounce there, but you know what I'm trying to say. It breaks up the monotony of the game itself, creating a horror environment for us to utilize these FPS skills in. It's a very cool mixture of the two because in most horror games, I'm always bitching about our lack of combat. This horror game does not suffer from a lack of combat. It doesn't suffer either from horror fatigue. If anything, I'd say this game has too much combat, which I guess I just can't be pleased at this point, right? Like some horror games, there's not enough combat us ways to defend ourselves. Oh, we just have to be a little bitch and just suffer throughout this whole thing. And another part about this one that I really enjoyed is the lack of puzzles. The only puzzles in this game is figuring out where the fuck you're supposed to be going because some of the shit looks so similar. Now, the, the checkpoint system is helpful in that because we're able to know, okay, well, I went the right fucking way because I finally hit a fucking checkpoint. But that's the game. That's fear. Uh, definitely recommend playing. It is a cultural icon that I finally got to enjoy. Uh, I got it off Steam. It's kind of bullshit. You couldn't buy the first one by itself. You had to, I think the like number two and three were available, but if you buy it in a bundle, it was cheaper, but it's still like 50 bucks for these three fucking games. I paid $50 to play a game from 2005. I'm kind of upset about that. I do have an original copy of Silent Hill 2 that I paid more than 50 bucks for, but that Silent Hill 2 is fear. Really worth that. I guess you get more content with this one. Still kind of bullshit. I feel like that one should have been like a $5.99 game from 2005. I feel like that's a fair price. Thanks again to our first official sponsor. This is going to do it for this episode. Hopefully this is out on Tuesday when you're listening to this. If not, something got fucked up along the way. Maybe my editor, which is also my wife, Lindsay, fucked up along the way. This didn't get edited correctly. But this should be out Tuesday. Come join us every single Tuesday for a new episode. I have no fucking clue what game I'm going to do next. If you have any suggestions for games, hit me up. Let me know. Go to the website. Go to Instagram. I got a TikTok now. Uh, the Banging Horse Podcast. Find all the shit. Find all the socials. After you listen to this podcast, be sure to like the podcast, rate the podcast, which whatever bullshit rating system it's on, go ahead and share it. And you're probably like, well, who am I going to share this podcast with? I, with? I don't give a fuck. Share it with anybody. Pick random numbers and share the podcast with them. Go to random internet forums and share the podcast with them. 
you know, you're, you're really, you got to think for yourself here and do a good job of marketing for me. And we appreciate it. And we'll see you next Tuesday. that's going to take us to the end here. I guess I do have one more thing to talk about. The Banging Whores podcast cannot survive without sponsorships. And at this time, I would like to introduce our first official sponsor of the show. Subscription boxes are all the rage right now, right? Like you can get prepper gear or lipstick or any bullshit you want in a monthly subscription box and people love it. You know what else is very popular right now? Saving the environment, keeping it clean. Well, there's one Canadian named Lorenz and Lorenz has come up with an ingenious idea and has paid me a lot of money to promote it to you. And that's the trash box subscription. What's a trash box subscription? You might be asking yourself. Well, we take all the world's trash and we send it to other countries. So as an American, like American trash, it's just trash, right? Well, what about trash from Japan? or trash from Australia. Aren't you interested to know what their trash looks like? For $29.99, you can go to the Banging Whores website and subscribe to the Trash Box subscription where you will receive a monthly subscription of trash from around the world to admire and display. And I'm really proud of Lorenz here for coming up with this idea because what it does is it's going to take all the trash that we accumulate as humans and we're going to send it to everybody. Like, we don't know what to do with all the trash. I know what to do with all the trash. Or Lorenz knows what to do with all the trash. Soon, you'll know what to do with all this trash. You'll display it. We'll move the trash around. We can't stop creating more trash, but we can affect 
what we do with the trash itself. Thanks again to our first official sponsor. This is going to do it for this episode. Hopefully this is out on Tuesday when you're listening to this. If not, something got fucked up along the way. Maybe my editor, which is also my wife, Lindsay, fucked up along the way. This didn't get edited correctly. But it should be out Tuesday. Come join us every single Tuesday for a new episode. I have no fucking clue what game I'm going to do next. If you have any suggestions for games, hit me up. Let me know. Go to the website. Go to Instagram. I got a TikTok now. Uh, The Banging Horse Podcast. Find all the shit. Find all the socials. After you listen to this podcast... Be sure to like the podcast, rate the podcast, which whatever bullshit rating system it's on, go ahead and share it. And you're probably like, well, who am I going to share this podcast with? I, with? I don't give a fuck. Share it with anybody. Pick random numbers and share the podcast with them. Go to random internet forums and share the podcast with them. You know, you're, you're really, you got to think for yourself here and do a good job of marketing for me. And we appreciate it. And we'll see you next Tuesday.